Welcome to the Church of Now podcast, where we believe kids and students and young adults can make a difference now in the moment. We don't just ask them to be the future of the church, but we believe that they are the church of now. We're going to be talking with ministry leaders about what it looks like to inspire and tell young adults and kids and students what it looks like to make a difference now in the church. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. What's up? Welcome to the uh, Church of Now podcast. We're excited. This is our first interview podcast, so super stoked about that. Uh, Today, we're joined by Micah McGee, one of my best friends. We were roommates in college for a couple years, and uh, super excited to talk to him. He is the youth pastor at Sunnyside Christian Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I've been there a couple months, and super excited because I know Micah believes in students and believes in young people um, and really believes that we are all a part of the church of now. So, uh, Micah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sweet. Thank you, Matt, for letting me be a part of this. Uh, like you said, my name is Micah McGee. Um, I live in Colorado Springs, and I'm the student pastor and first impressions pastor at Sunnyside Christian Church. Um, it's, a, it's a great spot that's been exciting to see how uh, we have been continuing to grow even after COVID. I got married just over a year ago, and so doing that adventure with my wife, Mackenzie, is an absolute blast. And yeah, thanks so much for letting me be a part of this. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry. You talked about first impression. You talk about uh, student ministry. Uh, tell us about what your ministry looks like. Sweet. So yeah, first impressions is um, a work in progress. We have a cafe that we just want to create an atmosphere in our church that if someone came who's been coming for 30 years or someone who has only been there for 30 seconds gets to enjoy and experience what it's like to be um, in the body of Jesus. Um, but our youth ministry is so much fun. That's where my heart is. Um, that's It's been uh, my passion since working here. And so when I got here, um, it was this past December, there were three active middle schoolers and about 12 active high schoolers. And this past uh, last big event that we had, end of the year party, we had over 50 kids. And so nice. it had been some awesome growth just from people coming back after COVID and um, some, seeing some structure. And we just want each and every, every one of our students to know that they are known, valued, and loved by God. Uh, that's, that's what Unite is all about. For sure. Uh, and, you know, so we're in different places. You know, I'm in Piney Flats, East Tennessee. Yes. Um, you're out in Colorado. We have like a lot of our students need to hear the same thing, right? Like they have a place, their value, just kind of what you said. Um, but what do you feel that your students need to hear uh, like right now? Right now. Um, I think uh, whether you're in Colorado Springs or Tennessee, um, the students just need to be reinforced with their identity you know um they're battling every everything to kind of um find out who they are what they are what they need to be doing and how to get there and um you know i I, just just that thing if any student came into my office for the church or just wanted to have coffee with me i would strive to let them know that they are known by god they're valued by god and they are loved by god and that's something that I see constantly in my ministry. Um, I have multiple kids who struggle with sexual identity, um, who um, struggle with just from sin from the past that have been kind of defining them. And so, and also things that are happening in in the present that they're scared about their future. And all of those things can have a very binding, uh, just power and kind of gives them their identity. And it's just my one thing, if I could share to students, hey, 
you don't have to live by that because God has a different story for you. And for that's, sure. that's why I love student ministry. For sure. And, and you know, we're talking about the church of now. Uh, right. They are a part of the church now. They have a, a place. They have a, uh, a part in the church where they can make a difference. And it kind of leads me into my next question. Um, we want to give people opportunities to serve. We want to give them opportunities to do what God has called them to do, even though they may not know what that is yet. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we want to give them a place where they can kind of try things out. And so I know you grew up in church. Your dad is a, a pastor and been there for about 30 years. And we're actually going to interview him in a couple of weeks. So super yeah, stoked for that. Good. Um, but I know that you've grown up in a church and I even interned there, um, that has a lot of people doing a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're really invested. A lot of volunteers uh, in that congregation, uh, shout out to, uh, the crossing in Lewis, Delaware, right? Um, a lot of, a lot of incredible people there, but I want to ask you this. And there's a couple of questions in here. Um, when you were growing up, did you feel like you were given, uh, opportunities in the church, to be the church of now, you know, obviously you're going in, you're in ministry. Um, did you have those opportunities? Did you not, if you did, what were those like? And if you didn't, um, what do you think could have really helped you out? Yeah. You know, Matt, I actually, I was given some really great opportunities just to serve as like a student leader. And I really don't think that really had anything to do with my dad being the pastor. Um, our church was just ready to give people the reins in, in certain ministries. And I really think that kind of created a, a healthy uh, a viewpoint for me. And so um, when, I was, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, we really didn't have too much going on for our teens. We had been going into some new hiring processes and um, there was great stuff for our families, great stuff for our, for our kiddos but not really too much pouring into people my age. And so um, I was in a leadership position at school and kind of used that platform to be like, hey, let's, let's actually start something and we can host it at our church or our house or whatever um, that we can just be pouring into kids my age. And I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, really have no idea what I'm doing and just felt the Lord say, hey, you know, just, you know, let's get some people together and, and, and point them towards me. And that first night, I remember my mom's mouth dropping as we held it at our house because I didn't know what to expect. And 40 kids showed up and we we're like, what in the world just happened? And um, got to really just start something I wasn't fully prepared for, but the Lord used it anyways. And he got an amazing adult team around those kids and around me that led us in, in a way that was very beneficial and actually structural for my, my future ministry. And the, our church really just uh, was ready to back me up, even though I was a 15, 16 year old kid with no idea what I'm doing. They were like, hey, the Lord's going to use this. And um, I want my ministry to be that same way. If a kid has a dream or, or a calling, um, being willing and ready to give them the resources they need to serve. Sure. Yeah, I agree. And, and I was very similar, had a lot of opportunities as a student mm-hmm. to, to, to preach and teach and uh, lead in those ways, even though I wasn't fully prepared. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's where we grow, right? Yes. Um, so so many times we um, we might be thrown in the fire a little bit, uh, but that's the best time to grow, in my opinion. Uh, I'd rather do that than read a book sometimes, even though I love reading books, right? Uh, just get in there, get going. So yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, Let me ask you this. Um, When I say we are all the church of now, which is the idea behind this podcast, what does that mean to you? 
Yeah. So um, when you asked me that earlier, I was I was thinking of the church and what it should look like and what it needs to look like and really what Jesus would want it to look like. And I'm a very visual learner. And so I want to paint this picture for you. Um, I think if you are if you go to church, if you are part of the church, if you call yourself a Christian, you're a leader. Right. You um, you're, you're put on a platform where people are going to be looking at you. And in the church, I want to see the church as just this pool of leaders who come together on a Sunday to learn to lead like Jesus. But, you know, like every leadership, there's different roles. There's, you know, the boss or whatever. And then there's, you know, there's there's certain roles. And I want to see the church as a ladder. Right. And the only thing that a ladder is used to do is to go up somewhere safely and then to get back down safely. And so I, I want to see the church as a ladder and each peg in a ladder is absolutely necessary. You know, if you have a ladder, much like your leadership, and there's really only one top dog doing all the thing, what good is a ladder with only one peg at the top? It's useless. It's absolutely useless. And the same thing, if there's someone at the top and one person at the bottom, you still really can't get up. So each peg in a ladder is absolutely necessary, one to get someone up, but also to hold the thing together. And, you know, when you say the church of now, it doesn't matter how old you are, what part of leadership you're in, you are important to that ladder. For someone to get up or, or to get back down, you are important to that ladder. And so let's say you are um, a new student that just got into youth ministry and you're ready to dive in. I, you are now a part of that ladder in a very necessary piece. And so the church of now um, which really just should be the church, right? Sure. Uh, you are in leadership and someone is always watching. Someone is always watching. And so I, I just think um, using that visual of a ladder is a great way to picture the church of now, because even if you're brand new, 12 years old, or you've been there for 12 years and you're 60 years old, you are important to that structure. For sure. I agree. Uh, we all have a place, right? We all... We, we preach that from the stage. We say that all the time in our yes. churches. Um, and now is the time to believe that, you know, mm -hmm. kids and students are some of the most creative people that I know. Um, 100%. And if we could tap into to their minds, sometimes I think the church would be a better place. Mm -hmm. um, so not just the church of the future, they have a place now, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, what would you say to a listener? You know, we have listeners, we have people that are listening. We have probably have people that are older. We have people that are our age. Um, and we might even have, hopefully we have people that are in student ministry um, that are going through middle and high school, right? They're going to be listening to this. They're going to be hearing what we're saying. And a lot of them have been told that they are just the church of the future. Mm -hmm. But how would you tell them that they have a place now? I know we talked a little bit about the latter, but specifically, um, what would you say to someone, uh, to a listener, uh, to kind of have them understand that they are in the church now? Yeah, um, I think Jesus does this very well. He almost, um, I don't even know, encourages or influences people to realize that they are our leaders. Um, you know, and this doesn't make sense grammatically, but I think it's so true, especially in ministry. Influence is always. Influence is always, whether you're on stage 
or you're sitting in the pew, whether you're in the classroom or, you know, you're walking through the halls, influence is always. Um, and Jesus in his life was always finding people that were typically outcasted to let them know their influence. How many times do you think a person walked by a beggar or a blind man or someone who had leprosy, especially, and Jesus transformed that situation and then they had a huge influence on people? And so with, if you're a listener, whether you have been coming to church for forever or you know, you're a student just trying to check this podcast out, influence is always you have influence on someone. It could just be a very small circle. Maybe it's just your family. Hey, that's a, actually a very powerful influence. Or maybe you're a preacher of a church of a thousand, and that's a very powerful influence. Um, and so someone is always watching, and Jesus did a great job of bringing people who probably didn't have that perspective and letting them understand, hey, you matter. You're a part of my church. Influence is always so go be the church. And I, I also love to, to highlight how many times Jesus actually drew attention to children. You know, the Pharisees and, and people who were trying to always catch Jesus in a, in a trap or whatever. He goes, ah, look at the children, you know, look at their faith. The kingdom of heaven is actually, is actually theirs. So if you want to, if you want to be a good influence, have faith like them. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So influence is always. Yeah, that's great. That's so true. We always have influence, whether in the classroom, on a sports team, yep. whether we're working or anything like that. And it's up to us how we uh, want to give that influence, right? I just told a, a story to a basketball team locally, um, and I speak to them once a week or so during the season and even some out of the season. Uh, but in 50 years, in 2071, you know, they're going to have a picture, a team picture, and somebody's going to look at it and say, that person made an influence in my life, a good influence or a bad influence. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to choose what our influence is going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that the church should be a place where we believe in students. We believe in young people because they do have that place now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I love this idea. I mean, that's why I created this podcast, but we, we actually did a message at our church. It was graduation Sunday, um, celebrating our grads uh, back in May, and the title of the message was The Church of Now, okay. um, and, and I, wanted, I wanted all of our, uh, our people, I want people all over the world to know that uh, kids aren't just the church of the future. I was told that as a kid, even though I was already, uh, I was thinking that I was making a difference, and hopefully that I was. Yeah. Um, but I heard a lot of people after the message say, oh, I've just never thought of it that way, you know? And I don't think when people say that kids are the church of the future, that they're being mean or trying to be rude or anything like that. They're not. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, they, they are the church of the future. I mean, we're all a part of the church of the future, but we're all a part of the church now. Um, but I think when we start to tell people now, then it starts to, to make an impact in their life and they feel like they have power to do something. But what I loved is that I had some people in the older generation say, um, I never thought about it that way. I love the way that that's kind of worded, right? Um, so how, how do you think that we can help all generations? There's five generations in the church right now. How do you think that we can help all the generations know that we are all a part of the church now? Yeah, um, 
historically, or I don't even know how I want to put this, but the word the word now uh, is a very demanding word. You know, you know, I want, I, you know, ever seen that commercial is my money and I want it now. I, that's what I that's what I think of For sure. when I hear the word now. <laughs> And um, right now, brand new, right here, right now, um, it's, it's kind of a demanding word. And um, Matt, I believe you are not going to convince anyone um, of what you're trying to get unless you're investing in leaders now. You know, the, the church of now, it, it, it's a demand. Um, this world is in, a, is in a demand for spiritual leaders, for the church, for the church of now. And um if I had to convince someone of this, it's, Hey, this is a necessity. You know, we don't, this is going to sound harsh, but we probably don't have too much time for the church of the future because they need us now. And yep. so, um, you know, there's two different takes on the church of now, but I also think we need the church of now because the world needs the church now. And so if you want to convince someone of this, you need to be investing in those leaders now. Um, you know, I think the elders of a church have a very beautiful job of just kind of holding the reins of, of, of a church, making sure it's spiritually healthy. And actually, each of the pastor's job is really to equip the saints. It's to train these leaders. It's to understand that this is a necessity and the leaders are needed now. Um, and so... Um, whether you're a young listener, or old listener, be, be focused on that. Uh, be understanding of there is a necessity of now that we um, need to be training these people. For sure. For sure. And I think of uh, our, our friend Gary Johnson, who is a pastor for years, right? Mm -hmm. um, he does a lot of elder training, a lot of training yes. with older, um, older generation folk. And he does a, a class on retirement and he says, you don't ever actually retire. You know, you might retire from your job, but you still have a purpose. Yes. And so as much as we talk about students and kids, um, you know, we can say the same thing about people that are retired or nearing retirement or right in the heart of their career. Um, and specifically what Gary talks about a lot is you have a place to invest in the people. Think of the resources you have. Think of the people that you can invest into. Um, and I like, I just love it. Uh, I love that uh, we all have a place and we don't just sit back and we're, we're not just catered to um, God calls us all to do something. It's different points of our lives. So my last question, uh, it's been great, you know, talking about the church of now, loving to love seeing what your ministry is about, what your church is about and how they believe in students and young people and really just everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to ask you this question. I think this will be kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> what is your, your best or your funniest ministry story that you have? We we have had a lot since I've been here, but I, I got to tell you what my church refers to as the Walmart heist. <laughs> so I was hired in October of 2020, and um, my first day on the job was December 2nd. You know, we had two months to get out here, get, get settled. So December 2nd, I am the youth pastor at Sunnyside Christian Church. December 6th, there has been a year-long um, plan in the making for December 6th, we had our biggest youth event of, of the year. It's called The Gift. That's our students actually get to go and shop for, for kids who don't have the privilege of having an abundance of Christmas. And so we had um, a bunch of families to shop for. 
and a very big budget to go do this, right? So um, I, my first event, I don't even know any of these kids' names, really. I've been at the job for four days, and everyone is reporting to me. So I load up the church van, load up other cars, because we had so many kids, we needed, we needed to do that. And we have this crazy list of kids. They're all of their likes, their dislikes, and we go shopping at Walmart. We're there for about two hours, you know, trying to, we, our budget was like $100 a kid. So this is going to be a, like an eight to $10,000 purchase at Walmart. And um, we had a tax exemption rule um, on a little card. And um, I was like, everybody needs to be in the checkout line by 11 o'clock. So hopefully we can get checked out in 30 minute time. Everyone's there at 11. We go through the checkout. Um, the cashier is super cool about it. We go through our bill is ridiculous. And I say, all right, um, this is going to be tax exempt. And he just stares at me blankly. And I hand him my card and he kind of just stares at the machine and he goes, well, we actually needed to know that before we scanned everything. And my heart literally dropped. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have a time schedule. All of these presents have to be back to the church wrapped up by two o'clock. And I'm like, okay, um, just call your manager and see if there's any way to override this. Long story short, they couldn't. So they had to go in manual, manually um, put in taxes exemption for each item. So I'm sitting there and it was like each item had a 12 digit code. Oh my goodness. So like <laughs> 98 cents. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> sitting there and I have all these kids waiting to be fed. 30 minutes goes by and they're just sitting there. I'm like, okay, we have lunch in the car. Let's just go have a parking lot picnic. So the kids go out. We have a parking lot picnic. Um, I told them I'd be right back. We eat, which probably took another 30 minutes. So it's 1230. Reminder, all of these had to be wrapped and back at the church by two o'clock. I go back in. They're not even halfway done. So I love my wife so much. I said, Walmart, I have to get these presents gone. I'm going to leave my wife here hostage with the card to pay. That's for always it. a good idea. Great idea. That's why we love wives. <laughs> I take the kids in all of the unpaid for presents out of Walmart to the church. And I, they, it was one o'clock. The kids start rapping like crazy. It was what I picture, you know, Santa Claus and his elves, rapper going everywhere. I get a call from my wife. Micah, we finally got all the things put in. I'm like, sweet. Your card got declined. I was like six days in. I already know I'm going to get fired. I had to call my boss. She had to come from her house to go pay. And by the time she got there, the ticket had expired and she had to retype in all of the thousands of items. Long story short, her car got declined. Something was wrong with the bank and we actually had to call the bank and our finance lady and they had to come sort it out. But for about six hours, I had robbed Walmart for about $10,000. The Walmart heist, baby. That is an incredible story. And, it was... And... And such a youth ministry story. Seriously, six days in. <laughs> this, this, this stuff doesn't happen to the seniors minister. 
Mm-mm. It doesn't happen. <laughs> um, the Walmart hives of 2020. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. Oh man. Well, uh, to any of our listeners, if you have, um, if you have a story like that, I would love to hear. <laughs> Reach out to our Instagram page. I'd love to, to hear those stories because I know there's tons out there. There's got to be tons out there like that. You've mentioned um, it. That's right. Uh, it's fun, but it can be a little wild, right? Right. Um, well, um, we're kind of closing up. Uh, anything else you would like to say to our listeners? Hey, if you are in that position, especially if you're younger and you uh, feel God's calling on you, but you don't be won't, don't exactly feel prepared, the Lord can use that. And if that's you listening, just take that and um, be sure of it. But trust God that He can He can get you through anything. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And and you and I know best that mm-hmm. even when you're not prepared, God can still use you, and, and and good things can happen. And we know that from our our Johnson University days and our Greek class, right? In our Greek class, <laughs> only the Lord got us through that. <laughs> Amen Whew. to that. We couldn't prepare enough for that, but we we made it, and we're here on the other side. So, well, sweet. Uh, super excited. This will be our first interview. Um, on the podcast that is shared. So super stoked for that. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to thank our listeners again. Uh, if you ever have questions or anything like that about our podcast or uh, for our, our guests, reach out to us through our Instagram page or Facebook. We'd love to connect you in some way. So thank you all. Uh, thank you for listening. And Micah, thank you for joining the Church of Now podcast. Thank you. See y'all later. Bye.